Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. Let me just remind you that Dodge is ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So visit Dodge.com or your local dealer today. And uh, John Hennessy's going to stop by, um, talk about his new supercar. It's really impressive, really interesting stuff. I mean, bespoke. Oh, yeah. 30 supercar. years in the business now. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to him in a second. First, Meguiar's. Over the last few years, Meguiar's launched the next generation of protective products, specially geared toward DIYers. Hybrid, ceramic, spray wax, bright blue bottle, advanced. SiO2 hybrid technology delivers ceramic wax protection and durability beyond traditional wax. Meguiar's hybrid ceramic liquid wax, long-lasting ceramic protection, and an easy-to-use wax. Hybrid ceramic spray detailer for the in-between boosted uh, maintenance. Removes dust and fingerprints and bird droppings. I love this stuff. This year, they expanded to include new hybrid ceramic wash and wax. Bright orange bottle. Unique two liquid system together in one bucket. Meguiar's has a hybrid ceramic solution for everybody. Ceramic, well, it's made easy with Meguiar's. Got to get on a choice. We're going to get it on. And welcome to CarCast. Man, Crow, it's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. We got some uh, good stuff coming up today. John Hennessy is here. He has uh, been getting a lot of power out of a lot of cars for a while. <laughs> and uh, I guess he's got his uh, own bespoke supercar to talk about, right? Yeah, he does, and uh, and how the business has grown in thirty years uh, at it. So he's got uh, he's got a lot going on. Glad to have him in the studio. It's nice to have people in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> all right, what's going on in your world? Uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff happening. Um, uh, driving cars and uh, getting into some pretty crazy stuff. Uh, next week, I've got the. Dodge Durango <laughs> SRT Hellcat, sort of Dodge's last hurrah going, hey, you, this thing's not even really going to pass emissions next year. So let's just, uh, you know, have fun with this thing, limited edition for, you know, start driving it next week. But it's a full-size three-row SUV that does zero to 60 in three and a half seconds. It runs 1150s in the quarter mile. <laughs> All-wheel drive? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be uh, that's going to be kind of interesting. I'll get you some driving impressions on the Lexus LCF or RCF. I saw that Fuji edition with the carbon fiber hood and the big wing and the. You drove that today. Yeah, right? I drove that today. So uh, I am uh, getting acclimated. I'll have more on that next week. But what's been happening is. Uh, Shanghai Auto Show. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, EV is kind of the theme out there. Uh, some interesting debuts. You know, concept cars aren't really what they used to be because they're so expensive. Mm-hmm. So concept cars now to be need to be pretty close to production ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you and I know, you, you'll see something that looks like a concept car, and they'll say, "Oh, we're we're ninety five percent there," and we're like, "What are you going to change?" Everybody says the same thing. We got to change the mirrors and the door handles. <laughs> the mirrors, the outside mirrors, always change, yeah. and sometimes. 
uh, they'll be they'll have like single lug knockoffs or mm-hmm. something, and that always ends up changing the center lock stuff. Ends up changing, yeah, because the two things that make a car look super cool is oh, also they'll add a bunch of side markers and shit like that. So yeah, they always yeah, yeah. shave off the side markers, or they never add them. They always have like that center lock, and they also have a really cool outside mirror that'll never pass Just, DOT. Yeah, they're like, it's, it's, it's their attempt every year of going, hey, government, we can make this work. You're just, your rules are so antiquated. We can do mirrors and cameras and, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, sometimes and, they have no mirrors <laughs> and they have cameras, but that's yeah. not good enough for it's the government good, because they want you to hold a mirror outside the way i don't know why because now like all of our mirrors have all sorts of lights and things flashing on it because we're like we know there's a mirror there but we don't trust that you're using it anyway so we've got to flash lights when a car's next to you and Mm -hmm. make a beeping noise if you veer out of your lane so we're doing all of these things in spite of mirror so why why do we still need the mirror we could use a camera but anyway that's uh what's going on over there but What's interesting is because of this big push to EV, and I still question like why EV because like where do the batteries go and how do we charge it? But that yeah. being aside, there's the alternative is not mainstream. So EV is what everybody's pushing the government, and as a result, the car companies. So I, I heard a guy saying, uh, "What's wrong with hydrogen?" The yeah. uh, EV stuff is is great, but what do we do with the batteries when they're when they're done? Right, a lot of heavy metals, and we have to do a lot of mining to get those heavy metals. And you know, we don't have all of, all those on our soil, and you know, we have to go to other countries to get that stuff. Yeah, that maybe we don't have a great relationship with. What's wrong with hydrogen? Yeah, and I, and I was thinking to myself, and Chris, you can look into hydrogen. I think the problem with a hyd- with hydrogen is it it has a combustion engine. I think it has a piston engine in it, and I I think some of this stuff it's it's kind of like uh, nuclear power. Nuclear power is clean. It's we can make it in, until infinity, and it would be really good for many applications. But we won't do it because it's got the word nuclear in it, and hydrogen power cars they have an internal combustion engine or at least a piston driven engine and that's just old and we don't we don't want that yeah i guess you know you're right i I mean infrastructure and politics and stuff aside but but yes but also that brings up again this e-fuel initiative we talked about before porsche and some companies mazda pushing it going well what if we had something maybe that wasn't hydrogen and maybe it was a a a clean alternative fuel that can power our our Mm -hmm you know, our ice engines, mm-hmm. our ice. And uh, and how would that work? And, and what do you mean saying, ice engine? It's ice's internal combustion engine. Oh, that's, really? That's the acronym everybody's using never, now. Ooh, I, I'm new. That's yeah. new to me. I, I don't love it because ice has so many acronyms now. I was yeah. like, I don't know that we need this. Immigration one. Custom Enforcement. Yeah, <laughs> in-car entertainment. That was another, oh. like, literally in the same industry. Ah, yeah, no good. <laughs> yeah, it's not that good, but... Uh, uh, why not something like that, like what Porsche is trying to do and saying, hey, we're going to test it in our motorsports, and if we can get a race car so it can go fast and burn clean, why wouldn't we? Because, you know, we're already starting to question what happens to IndyCar and F1 and, mm-hmm. and, and NASCAR when they're not allowed to have uh, engines anymore. You know, we got to mm-hmm. have electric motors or something, right? Well, well, what if they came up with uh, – 
a racing fuel that was clean burning. So we get all the noise and the pops and the crackles and, and stuff, but it just happens to be, you know, it's blowing you know, water vapor out the tailpipes, you know. So. Yeah, I'm curious how, I, I don't know anything about hydrogen. So um, I'm seeing that, yeah, it is either the internal combustion engine or more commonly by reacting hydrogen with oxygen in a fuel cell. But the, but the fuel yeah, cell... Yeah, the fuel cell still. just ends up being a liquid form of hydrogen. The fuel cell is what you put it into. It's still powering, it's still the same engine. I mean, yeah. they can convert those engines pretty easily. I guess, I guess John I mean, Hennessy might probably know, <laughs> right? know yeah. this stuff well, better than us. He's doing much on, on hydrogen. But, you know, like the Toyota Mirai, which is out there, and it's it's just, a, you know, that's hydrogen, and people go and, is it hydrogen? It's hydrogen. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, again, I still don't know why we, you know, it's sort of beta versus VCR or... Um, Oh, there was something else that came up with VHS, hydrogen. I should say. Is, like, we, we just decide we're going to go with one, but I don't know if it's better or worse than the other. Th- there was another thing that came up as far as, like, infrastructure, and I, I could be wrong about this, but the, the, like, the gas stations and stuff where you would fill up your, your Mirai, for example, I don't think they were allowed to put hydrogen tanks underground. They have mm. to have an external tank outside. So when everybody pulls up, like there's a gas station I've been to many times, like in Orange County. It's a regular gas station. And in the back, they invested in this huge construction and they have a bunch of Toyota Mirais lined up filling up mm-hmm. with a giant external tank. I think you can fill up for free, right? Oh, I don't know if you it, can. It, I think it, that's up to the... At my... Uh, I got a gas station because Sean's wife has one. Mm-hmm. And I think the deal is, is out here, you can fill them up for free. But there's there's one by the gas station by my house. And again, I, I don't know if it's better or worse. It, it eliminates the battery stuff. Yeah. The, the station in Orange County has always got a line. There's like seven Marais in line all the time. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so the yeah, one the two big reasons it hasn't caught on is the fueling infrastructure and battery costs as well. Battery costs. Yeah. So they're using why a, battery costs? Maybe they're like a hybrid, like a Prius. And it, it something's got to be different on the the battery costs. I don't well, really know how that works. I'd have to dig into the to the Mirai, but anyway, kind of uh Interesting that this is where we are. But by the way, our infrastructure to charge all of these electric cars is still so antiquated. Like everybody has yeah. to have solar power at home because that's what everybody's banking on. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Look into the Toyota Mirai and see. Yeah, if it, what's the power plant? How does see if it, it has Mirai a, work? Is see it if hybrid it's, or it's got batteries? Let me tell you about uh, BD Power TS Booster. Say goodbye to that dead, laggy throttle pedal feeling. Ugh, nothing worse. Enjoy quicker engine response and acceleration with the BD Power TS Booster. TS Booster amplifies the signal between the throttle pedal and the ECM for quicker reaction time, forcing your performance curve to occur sooner. Well, that makes sense. Factory connections means a painless install, giving you six acceleration levels and a security mode. No need to program TS Boosters. Sophisticated AI does the work for you. Learning the appropriate settings for your particular application from your throttle inputs. Check out tsbooster.com. tsbooster.com. 
com and uh, enter the code CARCAST for 50 bucks off your purchase, tsbooster.com. What else are we doing here? Uh, so uh, the thing about the, the Shanghai Motor Show was not just an introduction of of EV cars, but EV platforms like Porsche mm-hmm. and Audi have their uh, – uh, this this new platform, I think PPE, I forgot what it stands for, but it's basically a performance like uh, EV platform. But they're saying they want it to be modular enough that it can power a sedan and basically power or be the basic architecture of their SUV as well. So, <laughs> so Audi announced their A6 e-tron, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a good looking swoopy. You know, sedan, mm-hmm. so a little mm-hmm. lower slung, a little wider than the current A6. It'll be an EV, and that architecture will also be the new Porsche Macan SUV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the interesting thing is, is here in the U.S., they're saying, hey, if the current A6, the gas-powered A6, they're going to sell it side-by-side side with the EV until that one runs its course. So they're sort of like saying, hey, you can come to the lot. Mm-hmm. This you know by the end of this year and pick which mm-hmm. one you want, but after a couple of years or whatever is left on the current A6, then they're going to phase it out and it's going to go to EV. But it's an interesting architecture on how they're going to be able to to underpin several vehicles that way. And mm-hmm. Toyota is doing the same thing with their BZ platform, uh, and it's for uh, Beyond Zero, mm-hmm. which I couldn't really figure out. Is that one, or is that negative one? <laughs> I don't know. There's <laughs> the so many letter- letters and numbers <laughs> in cars now. I'm, I'm getting, I get them all confused. Yeah, and, so, and they've also teamed up with Subaru, that partnership between Toyota and Subaru. Mm-hmm. And uh, Toyota's saying this BZ platform, their first vehicle is going to be out almost immediately, and then it's going to be the underpinnings of 15 vehicles by... 2025. So these companies have went from we're launching an EV to we're launching a fleet of EVs, mm-hmm. SUVs, cars, sedans, you know, all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's it, as I've said, uh, you know, my kids are going to turn 15 in a few months. I said, by the time they're 16, they're just going to get an electric car. I mean, we're there. Yeah, and they'll be more affordable. They'll be more mainstream cars. Not everything will be like a high end. You know, it's not everything's going to be Porsche Taycan and, and Tesla or something. Yeah, it's I've seen be- a, I've seen a few Mustang EVs or yeah, whatever the, the Mustang yeah, badge. Good. Did you find out anything about that uh, Toyota Hydrogen mobile? Yeah, sorry, I just closed. Is, up. is it electric as well? No, it, it it's it is hybrid and fuel. It's a fuel cell. It's not internal combustion. It's not. No. So the fuel cell powers the batteries. Is that? Here, I'll just read you exactly. What yeah, why don't you just read weird exactly to me. The Mirai uses the Toyota fuel cell system, which features both fuel cell technology and hybrid technology and includes proprietary Toyota-developed components, including the fuel cell stack, FC boost converter, and high-pressure hydrogen tanks. It's more energy efficient than internal combustion engines and emits no CO2 at the point of operation. It still sounds like it has an internal combustion combustion engine. But (laughs) but it sounds like they're saying it's more efficient than the internal combustion engine in the sense that, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, what size engines in it? That'll probably... That'll probably tell you if it's a, you know, 1.6 or... 1.6. Sorry. uh, 1.6... Here, I'll just... Kilowatts, 
nickel metal hydride. I don't know. I, let me put it up. Okay, so that's a battery. Yeah, like hydrogen is just a, a, an alternate form of fuel that powers an internal combustion engine. Yeah, it that's doesn't. It doesn't have a generator yeah. on it. It's um, you're just going to have to. Wow, it's hard to it's hard to figure yeah, so, it out. Yeah, so yeah, I can. I can Battery. Yeah, what you're going to have to do is just Google in the car and what size engine, and uh, something something will come up theoretically. Yeah, even if it has an electric motor, there's the hydrogen powered, for lack of a better term, gas engine, right? Right. That that is charging the batteries for that electric motor. That's why you never have to plug it in, right? You're you're just using the hydrogen power to. So there is an internal combustion engine. That's what I, that's what I'm sticking to. That's my story. I'm sticking to that. I'm sticking with your story too. <laughs> but uh, it is confusing. I get it. All right. What else? Uh, what else is going on in the automotive world? Sean's going to town on that uh, 510. Got I the- saw him working on it. It's looking <clears throat> good. Mm-hmm. Doing yeah. the other side door number. Yeah, I'm not a. Uh, Again, yellow, not my color, not Matt's color. We don't like yellow cars. Although I still mm-hmm. contend Dino Ferrari looks pretty good in, in it, a yellow. It, it does. And if you have a good-looking car to start with, it's, it's, yeah. it's good. But other, car, other colors are available. <laughs> I would – all right, here's the question. Would you take a Dino Ferrari in black or yellow? Oh, that's a tough one because uh, I'd probably. Uh, that's tough. I think black kind of ruins the lines on it that. It kind of does, but I've I've already drawn my line in the sand. And I'm <laughs> yellow. And I don't want. <laughs> it's the only it's the only yellow car I I will accept. Possibly a Daytona. Possibly. All right, um, but uh, that car is yellow, but it's got so much white and now black with the lettering. Uh, sorry, the numbers and the and the uh, BRE and all the different stuff going on in yeah. it that it's it actually works well with the yellow. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I'm pretty sure John Hennessy's F5 prototype was yellow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Max Pata, any answers to the internal combustion engine on that Toyota? I'm still looking. I will let you know uh, Man, if, I, if I come up with something. That's a weird one. Should, Ask Alexa. Should we have Matt shame you and pull out his phone and figure this out? Yeah, sure. I'm fine. Shame. <laughs> there's shame no, there's no shame. There's no shame. No, there's it. shame. There's always shame. There should always be shame. Every culture should have shame. If I knew how to spell Mariah. We got a little too much pride and not quite enough shame going on in our society. <laughs> that's that's my general take. Yeah, it's, it's weird because... We think it has to have an internal combustion engine that essentially serves as a generator to power the batteries, right? Not yeah. to drive the wheels. Or does it drive the wheels? I don't think it drives the wheels in this particular case of of the Mirai. Okay. Well, I will uh I will let you uh I will let you look that up. I'm also seeing that uh, Nissan's announced a new GTR Nismo special edition. I do not – they already have a Nismo GTR, right? Yeah, they've done – over the years, they've done various versions of the Nismo. But this right. one is still 600 horsepower, but you know, carbon fiber hood and some new color options and, and some – Is it over 100 grand? 
Yes, because the Nismo edition gets over two hundred grand. Oh, really? Yeah, boy, now, I, I feel stupid. I didn't know the Nismo was the, that high. But the GTR was already at like a hundred and change and working its way up. Hmm. All right, Chris has uh, the motor, motor driven by electricity generated fuel cell, blah, 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 battery, fuel cell. Is there no engine in this thing? No, there's, I, I, there's, <laughs> there's an engine because what, there's an engine. Okay. There's a regular engine. I, I think there's an engine too. I didn't, I, but you'd think it'd be easier to find if you just went, what is the displacement of it? Because yeah. then stuff would pop up. All right, everyone listening is going insane right now. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Why don't we uh, take a break and we'll uh, bring in John Hennessy and uh, maybe he can shed some light on this. He, I mean, he doesn't work on these cars, but he knows everything about engines. So uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll bring we'll bring in John Hennessy right after this. Quick break to tell you guys about Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Well, sure you do. You do one or the other, and I bet you work hard. I'll tell you what's easy, bundling your policy at GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your automotive policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around the house. So go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's easy. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That is Geico.com today. Matt, what do you got with Dodge? You know, Dodge has, uh, they opened orders on their 2021 Durango SRT Hellcat. And although it was going to be limited to 2,000 units, if you put your order in, Dodge is planning on fulfilling pretty much every one of those orders. They'll be exclusive for 2021, feature 710 horsepower, new aggressive exterior styling, and that driver-centric cockpit, which is new as well. And all buyers will receive a pro day of, a day of pro instruction at the Radford Racing School. Uh, you know, and Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal by mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first brand ever to be ranked number one in a quality and appeal for the same year. So visit Dodge.com to schedule your test drive today. All right. Well, we're back with uh, John Hennessy. Evidently, no piston-driven no piston engine driven, I guess. in that Toyota. It's a reaction between uh, the hydrogen and, and the oxygen. And the oxygen, that which pr- produces electricity. electricity and it stores so into batteries. Chris is right. You owe him an apology. All right. John Hennessy is now uh, with us. Website, HennessyPerformance.com. Uh, John, I guess the last time we saw you was in Detroit? Were we yeah, we saw you guys. You had, unveiled, you had uh, premiered the Ford Ferrari War with the checkered flag group at the Henry Ford. Right. And that was pretty incredible. So uh, catch us up on your world. Man, there's a lot going on in, in my world. Um, one of the big things that we've got going on is this year uh, is our 30th anniversary for our business, also my marriage. So nice. we've got uh, a lot of stuff that we've been working on as far as that goes. And uh, But the F5, our Venom F5, is kind of our – that's the thing that everybody asks us about. And I give you guys an update if you like. Yeah, yeah. give us an update. Sure. And uh, Ryan should show us some pictures of that car because sure. I can't. I'm not. Uh, we'll put it up on the screen. Up. He'll there dig it go. up. Yeah. So explain what the F5 is. So the for F5 those is our own ground up hypercar. It's um, it's an all new car. We built our own chassis. It has over three thousand new parts, and we completed our first car back in December uh, of last year. And it's it's a customer car, but it's also kind of our test mule 
prototype car, and we shared some news in a video yesterday that we, a few weeks ago, we went out and did a test on a runway. It broke 200 miles per hour, which is not wow. 300, but before you go 300, you got to go 200, right? Right. right. Yeah. And so, uh, anyway, it's 1,817 horsepower. It's a little under 3,000 pounds. There's really nothing like it. And, um, you know, it's, again, it's a ground-up car. We built our own chassis. We Every panel on the car, carbon fiber, super lightweight, lots and lots of horsepower. But We're looking at it. Yeah, yeah. it looks really good, especially yeah, that, that, good that midnight yeah, that, blue. Yeah, yeah, the dark blue. Yeah. Um, What's the power plant? So it's basically it's small block, classic American V8 architecture. Uh, but it's our own block. It's our own heads. It's an overhead cam, you know, single cam push. It's a push rod motor, so it's very compact. It's a twin turbo, six point six liter V eight. Uh, okay. It makes eighteen seventeen horsepower at eight thousand RPM. And initially, when the whole idea of the car, you know, popped into my brain, I thought I want this to be the first car to break three hundred miles per hour. Well, mm-hmm. Bugatti got to us, got to that in one direction. Before we did, about a year and a half ago. Uh, but we still very, feel very confident that the car will break 300. And actually, I think kind of the next the next mountain to climb beyond 300 is 500 kilometers per hour. So that's kind of we've raised our, our so bar internally like a little 360 bit. 360 or three, something? It's three, 310.7 miles oh, 310. per hour. So. Um, and so the calculations that go into getting to 300 miles an hour, it's about aerodynamic drag and yeah. then it's about horsepower. And Correct. then there's a calculation. Yep. Can you – Figure that out in the computer before, I mean, so you know mathematically this is capable of it. Yes, yes. So there's, you can simulate all these things, you know, but what we're, we took our car out and did a runway test a few weeks ago. We weren't trying to break 200 miles an hour, but that just happened to happen when we were out testing. But basically, we, there's, uh, the, the engineers have a, way of a, a process called CFD, computational fluid dynamics. So basically, they can measure the drag of the car in a computer simulation. So we wanted to go out and get the actual drag numbers on the car. And the way that our engineers do that is they put a pitot tube on the nose of the car, similar to what F1 cars have, so we can measure wind speed and wind direction. Our chief engineer will get the car up to around 170, and he pops it neutral. And they know the rolling resistance on the tires and the surface, and they'll measure the time and distance that it takes to, to coast down to 100 miles per hour. And that not only tells us our overall drag number of the car, but we're also measuring, I think even what's just as important, is knowing what the downforce numbers are on each tire. Because nobody knows, nobody, yeah. Michelin hasn't tested a, a tire other than the Bugatti, and that's a bespoke tire, hasn't tested a tire to what the potential speeds of this car might be. So knowing what that load number is and knowing what the load of the tire is, we can make sure that once we're up and going fast that we're not going to overload a tire, which then could become a problem at a big speed. Out of curiosity, since you did the real-world test, how accurate was it compared to the computer I, simulator? I knew that question was coming. <laughs> the, the, the aerodynamicists, they're, they're still crunching the numbers. Okay. We don't, I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I, w- I wish I could tell you that, that number right now, but they're still doing quite a bit of analysis on that, but the, the yeah. test went really and then well. And when, when do the numbers start to make a big difference to your whole plan? Is there is there like a plus or minus 5% or is it 8% or 10%? Well, like where does it really start to you know, throw I you off? I think the advantage that we have in this in this kind of space race of, of speed is we've got lots and lots of horsepower. So our simulations say that the car will go way, way, way past 311. I, I, I don't want to try to go out and go some stupid 330, 340. That's just, I think, is irresponsible and dangerous and none of our customers are going to do that. 
Um, but I, what I also feel like is the lower the drag number that you, you go with, your car potentially could be faster, but we still need to have a proper amount of downforce because our clients aren't going to be going 300 down the Autobahn. They're going to be driving on regular roads, windy roads, racetracks. So, so right. our car actually has a, uh, the calculated and CFD drag number was like a .385, almost a .39, which is not super low drag, but I want our cars to be able to get on Circuit of the Americas or, or Laguna Seca and be able to go through a turn and not say, okay, wow, what happened? I don't have any downforce. I can't put any power down. So we've really tried to design the F5. Initially, it was about all-out speed and performance. But as the pro- program has evolved over the last several years, we really look at the F5 as a decathlete. We want it to be able to do braking, acceleration, turning, driver comfort, engineering excellence. So we, we want the car to do really well in all areas of performance. But like a good decathlete, that decathlete may have a specialty. Their specialty might be the pole vault, their specialty might be the 100 meters. So if, if, if there's like one area that the F5 is like, there's no other car on the planet that can run with it, would be in that straight line acceleration and top speed. But also, it's not a drag. It has to look good too, right? No, you got to be able to sell it to somebody. Well, look, that's, <laughs> I mean, you bring up a great point because, again, kind of our DNA for our, our business, how we built our name, is just by climbing bigger mountains and wanting to go faster and really pushing the performance envelope. But as the car evolved and started becoming real and we're looking at the carbon fiber, there's almost like this artistic, like Pagani. You, know, you look at uh-huh, a Pagani, sure. it looks like it belongs in the Louvre and not so mm-hmm. much on the road. Mm-hmm. And the F5 has that element now too. And I'm, so even our customers are saying, some of them say, yeah, we we're, go get that 300 mile an hour. But most of them don't, I don't know if they really care about that. We do as a company. So we're intent on going out and breaking 300. We'd like to break 500 kilometers in two directions, which yeah. makes makes the task even that much harder. But but just to look at the car, I was having a chat with my guys earlier now that California is opening up. We may bring the F5 out and show it off a bit in SoCal in the next month or two. So love to see you, for you guys to be able to see it in person. You guys uh, yeah. tell me. I would love to see it in person. We've seen pieces like we saw – you know, the engine on display yeah. a while back at sure. the Quail, and we saw it at SEMA as well, which actually brings up a question. is There's so many options on power plants these days and so many pieces that can be assembled to create something. Yeah. Why build it from scratch? Like, even if you if it's yeah. based off of a pushrod or, or LS architecture, like, what was missing well, in the aftermarket? So, that you guys you remember several years ago, maybe it was 2013, 2014, we brought the Venom GT by here. Mm-hmm. And the F5 exists today because even though the Venom GT was 90% our own car, the chassis, the tub, the interior was still derived from the Lotus Elise or Exige. Right. And, and I felt like that car, even though we beat Bugatti back then, we ran 270, it, it irritated me that I, I, I probably didn't do, didn't tell the right message about the car, how unique it was. But people look at it and say, oh, it's just a modified Lotus. And so I don't know. Maybe the F5 was just purely a John Hennessy ego project. But I wanted to be able to show the world that we could build our own car from the ground up that doesn't borrow parts from any other car. Mm-hmm. And I think through that process, and especially like the last year of the program with COVID going on, it really – I'm not a slowdown kind of guy. I'm like foot flat to the floor and – you know, if you're the passenger, you can tap the brake if you want to. But with that program, I'm like, we're going 300. We're building our own car. COVID forced us to slow down. And as some racers know, sometimes in order to go faster, sometimes you've got to go a little bit slower through a certain turn so you can catch the next three turns at wide open. And so what happened with the F5 was towards the end, our steering wheel supplier – 
kept pushing the date out as far as when we're going to be able to finish the car. And so our design team, our, our design director, like went crazy with like Easter eggs and details and just a lot of little stuff in the car, especially in the interior. Once you can see the car, the interior, there's really nothing like it. So again, the car has gone way beyond being an ultimate speed machine. Um, I do think that it is kind of a neat blend of, of, of engineering and art and passion. What is, uh, what are we talking about for price? 2.1 million base price and then optioned up. Our clients are spending two, two to 2.5 million. Um, We're only doing 24 cars there's roughly 20 or sold, maybe 21 at this point. So they're almost gone. The, uh, the engine, uh, the displacement is 6.6 liter, six, six. And is it a, is it a small block? It's based on it it's, it's it's a, it's it's our own motor. It's our right. own block casting. It's our own heads. Our own intake. Uh, our own turbo system. I, I can't tell if a six, six six right on the border. I mean, I'm old school of yeah. what would be a small block and a big. Yeah, block. no, that would that would consider yeah. that would be a small block. Yeah, but the it's physical dimensions are, are are sort of small. Right, block and we size. didn't we didn't want to go crazy in displacement because the engine we've tested on the dyno to eighty six hundred rpm. Uh, we've got the. The red line at, at 85, and it makes peak power at 8,000 RPM. And so. is it a twin turbo? Twin turbo, yeah. Yeah, I love the induction on it. Yeah. Oh. That is the best. And that's, I mean, people look at, when we introduce the car, there's a nice carbon fiber cover over the engine compartment. Everybody, media, customers, public say, why don't you do like clear, like a Lexan, like on an F40? So it was something we're looking at, but uh you can take the cover off and show the engine off, but that's that's the business part of it that everybody wants to see. Yeah. So how do the, the tires work? Because right now you're not running yeah. on something bespoke. Right. Now we're working you, very closely we'll with Michelin. We'll have to at some point. Well, I, I don't think we're going to be going with a bespoke tire. I think ultimately we know what the uh, load capability of each tire is, and we're measuring how much downforce is on the car at speed. And again, our, our engineers and aerodynamicists are still kind of crunching those numbers. But once we go out and we start progressively going faster, you know, in the next couple of runway tests that we'll do, probably late summer, early fall, we'll be pushing 250 to 270. And we're going to measure our data all the way through. And look, if we get to a point where we're like, oh, there's, there's too much downforce, we can't go faster than that, we'll just be honest about it. I mean, because ultimately this car is about producing a great, safe car for our clients. So I, I hope we don't have to put a speed limit on. I don't think so. Again, we... We spent six months on aerodynamic yeah. analysis before we built the car. So the, I'd be very surprised if we had to make any kind of a significant change to get it to go so past the, 300. The issue is if you go after that 300 mile an hour, too much downforce, the tires won't handle it. Too much down, too much downforce equals too much drag, so you have to have more power. And mm-hmm. also, right. correct, I mean, you want to have, I think right now, just off the top of my head, we're looking at probably um, – 450 downport, 450 pounds in the nose, 600 pounds in the rear. So you want to have a car that's balanced. You don't want lift. That's not good. Right. Uh, too much drag is, is is potentially the more load that you put on the tire uh, creates what's called sonic wave. It puts heat in the tire. Heat in the tire is not good. So again, we've only gone a bit, little bit over 200 miles per hour. But our engineers, we measure tire pressure, we measure tire temperature. Um, we have tons and tons of data gathering on the car. So. And again, once we go out and go a big speed, whether it's 290 or 310 or whatever that is, of course, is there marketing spank for that? Absolutely. Is there bragging rights for that? You bet. But we really want our customer. We want to build the best car for our customers. Right. Well, if you're going to go 300 miles an hour, the amount of downforce and stuff or whatever you need to achieve that or or 
maybe less downforce to achieve it to save the tires, but then the car suffers on, you know, around the canyons and the racetrack at at 120 miles an hour because you want more downforce there. Correct. Which is why we have cars purpose built or even in the case of bugatti that you mentioned yeah. they have like they have whatever cars. a speed tail and then they Kona have Seg the, has you know, the, the, the just absolute and so we're also offering uh, our customers a track pack for the f5 so if they don't care about absolute top speed and they want to run the canyons with more aggression or they want to run on the track it'll have a wing a more aggressive front splitter maybe a roof scoop and so that that may come out later this year or next, but uh, yeah, yeah. All right, I got still the same car. <laughs> I got to hit a quick spot here, but I will say when I'm done with it, we should talk to you about other projects, other yeah. cars you're breathing on you that aren't necessarily bespoke, but uh, that you're ringing the horsepower out of. Mac Weldon, this spring is going to be uh, different because uh, we're finally back outside, hanging out with uh, friends. No matter where your adventures take you. Go there in Mac Weldon. Uh, this stuff's great. Uh, I wear. I, I have their sport jacket. I think I have a couple of their shirts and a couple of their shirts as well. Yeah, I've wasted warm on Kimmel a few times. Socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, uh, active shorts in a wide range of customized fabrics. Weldon Blue. Uh, totally free loyalty program. Level one gets you free shipping for life. Level two gets you 20% off every order the next year. Guarantee if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you keep them and they'll still refund you the money. No questions asked, right, Matt? Yeah, you know, for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash CarCast and enter promo code CarCast. That's MacWeldon.com slash CarCast. And promo code CARCAST in your shopping cart for 20% off Mac Weldon, reinventing men's basics. So, John, what else are we working on? You know, I think the hot topic in our, our facility, and just to, uh, look, if you guys are ever in Texas, we're 100 miles from Coda. We're, mm-hmm. you know, less than two hours from Austin. We're just west of Houston. We have 55 employees. We have 142 acres. We have our own test track that was formerly a drag strip. Uh, it's about 3,000 feet long, so F5 and our other cars. We have 55 employees, and we're scaled up to build 1,000 units a year. Now, right now, and you guys may know this, in the automotive world, the supply chain is helter-skelter. So right. you know, hopefully that straightens itself out. But the cool stuff in the pipeline, the big ones are the new Ram T-Rex, Mm-hmm. Which is just you know Hellcat engine from the factory, seven hundred horsepower. So we have our mammoth nine hundred and thousands. We're going to introduce a video probably tomorrow showing that we're going to put a elephant engine in the Durango Hellcat and T Rex. Yeah. So that's really hot. And the, uh, if you came to our place, dude, you're going to see about one hundred twenty vehicles on property, and about ninety of those are trucks. Mm-hmm. So the, the Velociraptor, the Ford Raptor was massive for us. Well, that went out of production end of last year. The new Raptor comes out later this year. And the next big one I think is just going to go nuts is the Bronco. The oh, yeah. Oh, my nuts. gosh. Yeah. And so we're yeah. geared up to build lots of Broncos. So really, if you look at what we kind of where we started 30 years ago and where we are now, we were a tuner. Then we kind of became like a real big tuning shop. But we really kind of made this transition to kind of factory slash manufacturer. And so not just with F5, but again, our bread and butter customers are buying, you know, vehicles that cost 50 to 80 grand and they're spending about another 30,000 bucks on them. 
and we build lots and lots of those. So but that's you guys are breathing on pretty much everything at this point. McLaren and yeah. you know whatever somebody wants to bring to you. But, but, is that but how it see, works? But, so you- I would say ten years ago, everything you'd see in my shop was a thousand plus horsepower. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the problem with those builds is there's a lot of it's just it's hard to scale that. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean it's fun to build something with a thousand or fifteen hundred horsepower, but you know if it costs six figures and it takes six months to build. Well, why don't we just build the F5? You know? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, you know, so I think that the uh, uh, where we found a real sweet spot in our in our business and for our company and brand is by taking a new Raptor or T Rex that costs seventy to ninety grand, and then you come along and spend another thirty to fifty on top of it. And if you said ten years ago, like who's going to spend one hundred fifty grand on a truck? I'd laugh. I mean, in the last two years, we probably built over a hundred trucks that cost over one hundred fifty grand. So it's like an average guy. It's like the doctor rather than his Turbo S. He's driving a 800 to 1,000 horsepower pickup truck. Do all of the vehicles go to you and you guys do the packages? Or there are, are there any like mail-order packages or parts that you can send out to that, people? That's a great question. Uh, we've not really found that mail-order works for us. Dude, I could send you a license plate frame. And or somebody, and they're going to be like calling us up. Well, I'm not quite sure how to install this license plate frame. You know, so that doesn't really scale for us. Uh, so turnkey vehicles, I would say in the past, two thirds of our clients own the vehicle, and then they've had it for a little while. They get used to it. And they're like, I want to get more passionate about my car. Send it to us. One third come to us and say, Hey, can you provide me with a turnkey vehicle? And we have a we have a network of dealers, Ford and and Ram okay. and otherwise that can sell those for Do them. You, are you guys doing custom stuff? I mean, there's a few clients here and there that you guys have relationships for, yeah. but is everything mostly from your catalog because you're developing yeah. a kit? I would I would say that our business model, if I put my entrepreneur hat on, works well when we're in and out burger. You got a burger, cheeseburger, fries, a Coke, and a shake. As soon as I become the Chinese menu, it's like hard to scale that, get the parts, the training for the people, the quality control. Right. So I think that the factory, I, I don't want to be a factory where like, you know, you look at, you know, Shelby and there's companies now, Rauch and others that just do Ford. What happens if there's a model you're changeover or that product is not popular? So I like having a little bit of diversity, but I like I feel like our sweet spot for our business and what's really helped us grow is to have like four to six popular vehicles. You like a Bronco, you like a Raptor, you like a T Rex, uh, you like a Hellcat Durango, and those that that works really well for us. What would you do with the Raptor V6 engine? Like, well, hey, how much can you get out of that? So we had, we, oh, from 2017 through the end of last year, we built pr- pushing 3,000 Velociraptor 600 trucks. So that 450, that 450 horsepower 3.5 liter EcoBoost V6 would go to 600 horsepower all day long, super reliable. We offered a warranty with it, passed smog, it runs on pump gas. It, now, somewhere along the way, I mean, you said the Gen 1 Raptor with the V8, and people early on when the EcoBoost came out, they're like, oh, man, I wish it had a V8. And after hearing that about a thousand times, we thought, well, I wonder if we could take the V6 out and put a V8 in it. And we're like, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. We did that. We did that probably three years ago. We thought, okay, well, we're buying an engine, a transmission, computers, wiring harnesses, and all this labor, plus a supercharger, plus wheels, tires, bumpers, suspension. And we're like, crap, man, this is going to be an expensive truck. We're going to have to charge. I don't think we sold those trucks for anything under like 145 grand. Some customers spent close to 200 grand. And the last two years, before, and I've, we've had one or two in production now, 
we built almost a hundred of those. We built a, we did a six wheel drive version of the Raptor mm-hmm. called the Velociraptor V six, mm-hmm. and I did that back in 2017 just to kind of remind the world of our Velociraptor brand. And I thought, well, we'll sell that for 400 grand. We might sell two or three. I think we've sold 25 of those. Yeah, it's just cra- it's so. I'm just saying that like the wave that we're riding right now, and maybe it'll change. Maybe at some point, it's it's people are jacked up about hydrogen cars or electric cars or whatever. But right now, our business is we're just crushing it with our our truck business. So well, it's pretty cool. When you see, you know, back in the day when you'd see those Harley Davidson Ford F150s yeah. or something rolling around and the sticker price at ninety three thousand dollars or something, yeah. I was always like, who's going to pay a hundred? People do. <laughs> people do. People pay for their trucks. Sure well, you know what it is some guys are truck guys right and truck guys there's mostly guys you know who have to work and shit like that but sometimes truck guys get rich but they're still <laughs> oh, truck yeah. guys yeah that's right so they're like i'm not switching over to some foreign something i'm driving a truck yeah yeah now, now i'm no rich doubt. so i need a truck commensurate I need right. texas, texas is the truck capital of the world oh yeah so, you're the great yeah. location for that yeah so what What's the evolution of the company? And I ask that specifically because, you know, the first half of the show you heard, we're, we're just talking about EVs the whole time yeah. because that's what's on the on the forefront of, uh, you know, almost every car company we're pushing right. toward EV. Where do you guys see yourself? How are you going to handle that? Well, you know, I think we have a clear runway for the next three to five years in terms of internal combustion. I, again, I see that very strongly with trucks. You know, what if all of a sudden the Gavin Newsom's of the world and European leaders said, we don't want any more internal combustion? I think that with our, uh, with our bespoke program, we have two vehicles uh, in development that will come out after the F5. So right now we're very focused on the F5 and of the 24 cars that we're offering, those will be built and gone in the next two and a half to three years. We do have two very special cars coming after that. They won't be 1800 horsepower and 300 mile per hour capable. But I think they'll serve a very unique need, and one of those might be electrified. We'll see. Mm, yeah. Okay. yeah. Do, do, do you start to develop packages, or have you done anything on any of the EVs or EV hybrids? Yeah, so I have a Tesla Plaid Plus coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've looked at the Taycan. Uh, you know, the EV cars, they're just they're fast. So, like, I don't – I mean, I've got a pretty high button you've got to push to, like, you know, impress me with performance. And I think the, a lot of the EV cars, like if the Tesla Plaid does really, you know, make go zero to sixty in one point nine, I'm like, well, I don't know. I think we can get three thousand horsepower out of it. You yeah, know? What's the but point? I think, but I think yeah. the market will want to personalize. So whether it's wheels, tires, and things of that nature. Um, but I think it, you know, you know, I was listening to you guys before I came in here. Dude, we're in the wild west of electrification. This is almost like if you go back a hundred and something years and electricity just came out, where are we going to do AC? We're going to do DC. Right. What kind of plug do you have? Where does your source come from? What are we going to do with the battery? So I think it's interesting because that wild west just creates opportunity. And yeah. It's fun and it's different. And know, innovation. For, for, yeah. for me, I was thinking like your customer, what you guys have been doing and where the new car companies are, are coming. I mean, the Tesla is well, interesting, but – I see a customer coming to you with a new Ford F-150 power boost saying, John, yeah. this is, it's a hybrid. Mm-hmm. It's got a gas engine. It's got electric motors. I want to make it badass. And then we start to question, well, if you start modifying the gas engine portion of it, right. how does it sync up? With the on and off of the electric every motor, car, every car is different you know? for sure. Uh, so I, I, we've, we've done a little that. preliminary work, like on the power boost and the eco boost. We can still modify that, and they seem to be happy with each other. Other vehicles, I don't really know, 
But again, I, our specialty is with internal combustion. Do we have any plans or desires to get into reprogramming, modifying the batteries like you with an RC car? Well, let's put a gel pack battery in there. Yeah, yeah. So look, I don't think that messing with range or electrical things of that nature is probably not the best idea. And again, look, if the market completely shifted in 10 years from now, you know, there's no more internal combustion coming. Man, there's still a lot of people like internal combustion. We'll, we'll, we'll become the canopy for like stuff that's gotten built in the last 30 right. years. Yeah, we'll everything will store vintage. stuff. Yeah, like your 2022 Durango well, is well, going to be vintage. Look at, the rat, look, at, look at the Vipers. Vipers are out of production now. They're going crazy on the used car market. Mm-hmm. We it. could restore yeah. Vipers if we wanted to. We have, you know, we've modified s- thousands of those things. I saw one on Bring a Trailer maybe this morning that's sold white for one? like 120 something. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just up there. Yeah, Vipers. The final editions, they're, they're going for over 200 grand. The Vipers going it's interesting because Viper was kind of a car that uh, I'd say some of the uh, enthusiasts kind of looked down their nose at when yeah. it, when it was kind of in production. Because it sounded like it had a UPS. It sounded like a UPS truck with an exhaust. It did. Yeah. There, was, yeah, there was, was some like, quality we, issues. We're yeah. Like, we're, yeah, you get a Ferrari yeah, we, or a nine eleven for an hour on the Viper or yeah. something like yeah. that. But yeah. it's 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 interesting how those cars are finding their their stride now. Absolutely, and they're going for for big bucks. All right, Matt, take care of business. Yeah, you know nowadays cars are designed to keep you safe on the road, but are you providing the same protection for your car off the road? Well, there's Empire Covers. They offer high-quality, affordable covers engineered to protect against rain, UV rays, tree sap, pollen, pretty much anything that could damage your vehicle's paint. And now for premium protection, you can try their American Armor Covers. They're proudly made in their Kentucky factory. And they have covers for RVs, boats, motorcycles, pretty much anything you can think of. You know, and all covers come with a free multi-year warranty. And here's the deal. For free shipping plus an extra 15% off your entire order, use promo code CARCAST at EmpireCovers.com. You can go to EmpireCovers.com slash CARCAST. Use the promo code CARCAST. Empire Covers. Protect what you love. All right. Let me toss out some plugs for uh, John. And, yeah, we got to get by the facility yeah, and, see and take, a, take a look. Uh, Maybe if you guys go to the F1 race, well, you know, <laughs> we're real close by in October. F1's in, in October. October. You yeah. know, there's a, a Barrett-Jackson debut It's Barrett-Jackson's coming in September, September Houston, to September. Houston. Come yeah, to, it's going to be there. a big event. Oh, other thing I wanted to plug real quick, if I could, the Venom F5 will make its global public debut at the Amelia Island Concour in Florida next mm-hmm. month, May the weekend of May, I think it's 22nd, yeah. 23rd. So if anybody, and they have a Cars and Coffee on Saturday, so fathers and sons, you don't have to pay a couple hundred bucks to get in the show. You just come see the car. But we really want to nice. just show it off to the fans. It's a great event. Check it out. We've been there. Shown a few of my BRE cars there. Cool. And uh, yeah, Coda's great. Uh, Willie T. Ribs lives, I don't know, stone's throw away from there or whatever. Yeah, so maybe nice. I'll go yeah. gather up Willie and we'll uh, head out to Hennessy. Come on. And uh, have <laughs> we'll a give tall him something boy. to drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Website, HennessyPerformance.com, Instagram at Hennessy Performance as well. And shoot uh, Hennessy and John a tweet at Hennessy Perf. That's P E R F. And until next time, I'm Corolla for John Hennessy and Matt the Motorator DeAndrea saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.
Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Hey, movie lovers, who needs a theater when you have Pluto TV? Grab your popcorn and your streaming device because free movies are here. Pluto TV is your home for movies. Great movies are playing anytime in over 20 exclusive movie channels of action, horror, rom-coms, and more. Watch hits like Saving Private Ryan, Pretty in Pink, and Charlie's Angels all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts, ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device.